What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, I am welcoming Paul Eschbach and Nick Benz to the show. They are the founders of Batera, which is a non-alcoholic pre-made cocktail. I'm excited to have you guys on the show. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Excited. So walk me through it. How did this company you know, go from idea to bottle? What, what did that look like? Uh, sure. This started when you know I had gotten to a point in my life where I spent a lot of my career in the wine industry. Before that, uh, working with Paul in the kitchen, and you know, and consulting, traveling a lot. There's a lot of alcohol that goes around in those circles. <laughs> a lot, multiple happy hours a day. I realized I really wanted to take a step back. Started talking with Paul about it, and he was in the same place. And we decided it was a good time for us to start innovating because when we were taking that step back, we were noticed how bored we were with the options that were out there. And, you know, when you come from a background that food and good beverage go hand in hand and you don't have anything to replace your alcohol with something interesting, uh, you try to solve that problem. That's really how we started this. Cool. And, and Paul, so your background, you are a chef, correct? You know, I was working in China for the past five years or five years before we started making this and just moved back to California and we had our first baby on our side, my wife and I. And when Nick reached out, you know, I was looking at 40 real close and thinking about what am I going to do? Because uh, being a chef and being 40 and all those things, it's just not a real sustainable thing. And I, and I wanted to extend my runway in life and all that stuff, you know? So it was a perfect opportunity to get in there and start thinking about ways to recreate something that seemed fairly simple, but wasn't really being done. You know, like my favorite drinks out there were like Manhattans and Negronis and gin and tonics. And you can't really find something that is not alk out there that is delicious yet simple. You know, it's going to be the same stuff, raspberry, uh, lemon, lime, grapefruit, mandarin, all those sort of just, you know, they're great flavors, but nothing that gives you a sort of depth that we, that we really wanted. Right. So that, that makes sense. And, and walk me through then. Okay. You come to this impasse, you're there, you're ready. Hey, we should do this. All the stars align. Now, what it was like getting that first bottle sold. What is like, and, and really looking at or creating it to getting it like, okay, we have it, it's ready, and we're, we're now able to sell it. Like, what are those steps like? I asked that for what if some of our listeners here are thinking of starting their own beverage brand? It seems like it's almost a unclimbable mountain, right? So yeah. to even get to that point, I feel like is an accomplishment in itself. So talk me through, you know, what that looked like and any hurdles that were maybe you didn't expect, but uh, you had to get over anyways. I'll take some of the initial steps of getting this going. And then Paul definitely has some good insight about the actual product development. When we started with the idea, I think the first thing we needed to validate was is that we weren't it wasn't just us who thought this was a good idea, that this wasn't just something that we got really excited over a weekend and then put a lot of risk for no reason. So our first starting point was is just validating whether we actually were onto something. And I think it was very quick that we, we were. I mean, we saw a lot of people who agreed with us. We had early samples that really well received. And then we decided, you know, hey, this, was, this is something we wanted to go for. And then, you know, you have to putting through the strategy, putting through the capital needed to get it off the ground. 
And, you know, all of that was months in the making. This wasn't something that we just, you know, turned it on and said, okay, let's go. It was a lot of thought went into it, a lot of strategy went into it. And then ultimately, we got it to the point where we were able to actually run with it, start showing it to a larger audience and getting people excited. But the, the whole beverage development side, I mean, Paul, you can jump in here. That was that was a big mountain to go over. Yeah, and I looked at that as far as like thinking about the flavors and, and the different notes of these sort of cocktails that were part of my past and still part, like I still drink here and there and what it took to make those. And so I started researching that and understanding what it meant to develop that. And I just got a bunch of stuff into the house and every night after work and after everyone was asleep, I would tinker around in the kitchen and keep formulating and keep playing and thinking about it as a chef of how to layer flavors and how to really like create a sauce. Like that's what I was doing. I was creating a sauce teaching myself how to do all the carbonation and all that stuff. Like we really, it was important for us to hone in on low sugar. So I extracted sugar. Like how was I going to get the most flavor out of what we were doing without sugar? And then sugar could be the last thing that I added in such a minimal amount that it wasn't a big part of the beverage. You follow? So, you know, we got all these natural ingredients in and Nick and I would get on the phone and he'd be like, all right, let's ship, I'm going to ship some of this to you. And I'd be like, all right, cool. And I would get all this stuff that I'd never worked with before and, and sort of just started throwing it together. And it was almost like, uh, remember that botanical I shipped to you that, that turned it blue. I'm like, it's going to be great. It turns it blue. And you're like, why am I having this? Yeah. There were there were a lot of misses, but it just it was about uh is about just keeping we just kept going back and going back and and staying true to some of the flavors that we thought would really resonate with other people, you know. That iteration is so important, right? Now, iteration on the product development side, building the drink, but talk to me now on distribution and yeah. getting the product out and are you looking to use retailers? as the primary vehicle for that? Are we looking at direct to consumer? Yeah. What does that strategy look like? And then also, how are you iterating the same way you did on the product development side in marketing? Yeah, so on the distribution side, um, uh, one of the things we recognized early was that it's a new category. It's a category that there's very few people playing in this space. And with any category like that, it's very hard to get a sustainable foothold in retail because retail is not where we are right now. And there's a high level of education that needs to take place. And the best place to do that is direct consumer. And so we recognized very early that that was going to be our best platform to early success. And we've put a lot of focus on that category and really have helped not only sustain our growth, but really drive our growth. The other key category was the on-premise channel for those not specific on what the on-premise category is. I mean, that's, you know, restaurants, bars, places where people are consuming there. And the unfortunate part about that is that took a huge hit with COVID. And it was an area we still are passionate about, but we've we've had to pivot away from because, you know, we, you know, Paul and uh, as an incredible network of people he used to work with, and we just haven't been able to leverage that like we'd like. But that is, on the flip side, the since we took a huge focus on direct consumer from the beginning, it has really helped us through this time because people are wanting now to drink beverages at home that they can purchase directly from from us more than ever. And it's just it's just been a category that exploded 
faster than we even thought it was going to. I mean, that's kind of a category breakdown on, on the marketing side from an innovation standpoint. I think it's just getting the message of who we are uh, out there and thinking through the best ways of doing that. And, you know, honestly, it's just it's a constant evolution. You know, we're going to make mistakes through the process. I mean, we're early in our life cycle. We're going to test things. We're going to see if it works. And if it doesn't work, we're going to pivot. We're going to try something different. But I think that's what you really have to be when you are in a category that has so much white space and you're trying to do something different. You just have to get out there and try things and, and, and get people excited about what you're doing. And building off that excitement, right? So I see you have a Founders Club that you started. Yep. Walk me through, what is that? What is the Founders Club? This was uh, designed for our earliest supporters. It was a way to get really good, or I should say close access to us, get special recipes that only Paul was, was uh, developing, insight from the beginning of how we were testing through our product. And so this was designed for 50 of our earliest supporters and we sold out of it really quickly um and then we had to expand it even further because we had so much excitement but uh ultimately it's it's a membership program i come from the wine industry and and wine clubs are are huge and and i i didn't see a lot of people trying to do that that from a, a traditional beverage standpoint and so that's where i actually came up with this idea to try to develop a, a, a membership program for Batera. Now, I like that. I think it's good. It, it also bringing the consumer in as part of the process, right? It's so important so they can feel more emotionally tied to it as right. it grows. And, and it's your story becomes part of their story and, and their character in it. And, and that, that's awesome. Talk to me now just a little bit about COVID and fulfillment. Any challenges come with inventory fulfillment over the last six months? Keeping inventory in stock, that's been the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul can talk about how you know getting production up to scale has probably been the biggest challenge just because, you know, fulfillment-wise, we haven't had any issues. It's just that we keep selling out faster than than we can restock and and thinking through how we could get more products out there quicker was the hardest part. So Paul, you, you maybe want to take that. Yeah, or or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> we can take that. We're gonna take that one from the top. But for me, uh... marketing is going. You've got the product set. Over the last six months in COVID, you know, a lot of people I've talked to on the show, they had issues with fulfillment and challenges with fulfillment. Yeah. Whether it was based on they couldn't get certain materials, yeah. of, you know. So yeah. then, you know, how to go through those challenges, but then to communicate you know, with on-premise, you know, restaurants or communicate with consumers to say, Hey, look, like there's no more bottles right now or whatever it is. Yeah, right. right. Um, for, for example, like, uh, for us, it was Chincana, like Chincana was a big part and forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, Nick, you can correct me, but, um, it's the route that you make quinine from, or you get quinine from, or the, I'm sorry, the bark that you get quinine from. And, you know, with the COVID and what was going on in the country, there was this whole chloroquinine thing. And that created a market sort of, it just zapped all of the Chincana bark on the market, just disappeared around the same time that we needed to procure a large amount. So we were calling everyone, hitting websites. And, you know, we finally landed on one in the middle of Missouri that was like, I got some coming in in four months. If you guys need it, 
buy it now. We're like, oh, oh yeah, we're going to buy it now. And it's just one of those things that we didn't anticipate, you know, COVID doing that to us in a lot of different ingredients, you know, and that's just one of them. We had to very quickly just keep moving. And like we said, it's persistence, you know, um, when it comes to talking to our customers about that. And, and that's one of the, the beautiful things about direct to consumers. We each have a voice to reach out to people. And I've reached out to probably most of the people, if not all of the people that have bought just to check in, you know, how are you guys doing? This is how we're doing. This is just so you know, like this is a, a young product that is ex- like moving very fast. And we want to let you know that there are going to be some inconsistencies for the most part until we can really lock it down. And COVID is really, you know, part of that inconsistent thing. It keeps throwing us different things that we never thought we would have to deal with. And I would say one thing too, that was fortuitous because there's always things that you have to work through from challenges, but there are also things that just happen to be great fortune. One of the biggest constraining during COVID was uh, supply of cans, aluminum cans. And we conscientiously beforehand decided we wanted to be in a glass bottle. And had we had decided to go into a can, we would have had even harder time trying to produce our beverage because there just was such a constraint on on that one critical part is finding enough cans. It's so interesting. And that's one of those things, right? When you look at, obviously, the last six months, nobody would have predicted was going to happen. But looking how to respond and all of those curveballs that get thrown your way as a business yeah. owner. and But, you know, shifting gears a little bit, as we look towards the future, what is next from a, you know, what's next for the brand and what's next for the product? Yeah. So some of the things we're really excited about is uh, we're starting uh, relationships with uh, last mile delivery partners that helps us speed the delivery to customers. So we're really excited about being able to launch that in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and, and Manhattan, Brooklyn. And we're trying to figure out ways we can do that in, in other markets. But that's incredible to say, buy today, get it tonight. And, you know, for a brand that's as young as we are, that's a huge asset. Um, so we're really excited about that. And we're really excited about growing our team and, and bringing in people to help us grow. Um, as that is also the other challenges is just finding the right people to, to help be part of this. And, and so that's going to be something we're really excited as we bring in new resources and, and, new people to, to help us grow this to the next level. Cool. No, and I, I look forward to watching, you know, and seeing w- what you all come up with and really seeing the growth of the brand. It's uh, it's always exciting to see. Uh, before I let you guys go, let people know where they can connect with you online and, you know, learn more about the product. Uh, absolutely. We have a website. It's uh, drinkpatera.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at drinkpatera. And then for the listeners that uh, want to give it a shot, we have a promo code set up for them. It's MYM Cave, and they'll get ten percent off their first order. And then I'll even reach out to those people as well and, and give them a little recipe love on the side if they'd like it. If they don't, then all good. Hey, there we go. You guys heard it. So head over, use that uh, use that discount code. I will throw that in the show notes as well, so you can just go click that and go grab yourself some of this Patera. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to try the product myself. Yeah, we're going to get you some soon. (laughs) Beautiful. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you coming on, taking the time today. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will see you all next time. Um.